0: Hey there this is Andrew bringing you some uh, some more great keyforge content. Uh, I'm gonna talk through some of the swag I got at a recent prime. sorry for the bad camera work here. It won't last long. I'm gonna talk through the a couple decks that I've well one deck that I used in an adaptive prime and didn't do great with. Uh, I'll talk through my brother-in-law's deck that he got top eight with. And then uh, I'll show you my deck that I want to prime with. You Can hear my dog in the background. Also, I just want to say, um, hope everybody's doing okay during quarantines and and uh, social distancing and uh, shelter in place, which is what we're what we're at here in California. So hope you all are doing okay. Stay calm and be kind. You know, that's uh, I think that's really key. Be the good guy. All right. Uh, or, or good lady, you know, all that stuff. Okay, so, yeah, so I guess I'll, I'll start from the bottom of the, of the swag pile. I think this is the bottom. Um, so, <clears throat> I, I've actually been to five primes now, um, and have a lot of these tokens. So if you get in the top sixteen. You get some of these beautiful stun tokens. They're really nice. I love them. I've gotten enough now that these are what I use for my stun tokens, and I really like them. You get one of these deck boxes. They're fine. They're they're nice. Um they're not extremely durable, but they're they're pretty. Um and they have a nice space for writing, or if you have stickers from the game genic uh boxes, you can put those there. So really nice. Okay. Uh if you make top Eight, you get one of these um, one of these Grim Reaper mats. They do all say top eight on them, so it doesn't matter if you win, you still get one that says top eight. Uh, really nice, I love it, uh, and I have too many of these now. But yeah, they're really nice. Um, if you make top four, you get a box. This is just cardboard, but it's a it's a nice box. It's a really nice box with Nizak and the Red Baron and uh, Timequake on it. And is that? Oh, I guess on the side it has Lateral Shift, Grim Reaper. Yeah, and um, it's really sturdy. It holds a bunch of decks. Um, if they're sleeved, they they probably you know just fit in there. I've I think I've put uh, Burger. Boxes in here The sleeved burger boxes fit in here okay And yeah it's nice and sturdy So I love it Definitely a nice box Um, I have two of those Because this is my second time Getting top four better And uh, if you get to top two Then you get These really cool metal keys These are uh, smaller versions of the ones That you can get at the vault tour Um, But yeah, really nice. I actually like the unforged side. I'm I'm more a fan of the unforged side than of the forged side. It has a nice, um sort of like battle worn look, whereas this is just a little too smooth and uh simple for my taste. It's nice. It's just uh so the keys I normally use are the um are the Arbits ones on the PCB and I like the, the unforged side of these ones better but I like the forged sides of the Arbits one better so if I could have something that was a mix of the two I'd love that but uh, anyway, but they're but they're great I mean I, I don't mean to diminish and they feel good um, and they fit in the vault. so definitely when I'm using the vault if I'm trying to store all my tokens in the vault uh, this is going to be the way that I these will be the keys that I use. So those are cool um, and if you manage to get first, then you get uh, this cool Nizac mat. It's really beautiful. I mean, such great art. I wish I liked the card better. Um, I I don't love the card, but I love the art. Um, and the mat's just beautiful. So great. Um, so that is just for first place. And on top of that, you get a an invite to. Uh, to World Championships, which is currently postponed indefinitely. So, yeah, that's um, that's all the swag. I'll just back that out again. Sorry for the cord getting in the way. I'm not doing my usual setup here, so all bets are off. Maybe I'll use those for some deck reveals in the not-too-distant future. Um, let's see here. Let me flip things around. go. So yeah, so now I want to take a little time just to talk through some adaptive decks and strategies and I'll start with the one that I used at uh, the last prime I went to where I did not make the top cut. I went two and five in Swiss. And my theory going into that was, first of all, this is this is a very good deck um, and I love it. It's a lot of fun. Um, I was really considering going with a different deck, but decided on this one at the last moment because of uh, a couple things. Uh, and my theory was that, uh, first of all, uh, people aren't used to speed sigil. And that was true. Um, people are not used to speed sigil. People make a lot of mistakes playing around speed sigil. Um, this is mitigated a little bit by the fact that you know, the, the rules are that both players are responsible for the state of the game. So if I have speed sigil on the board, or let's say either player has speed sigil on the board, uh, and they put you know they put a creature out and they don't put it in ready they put it in exhausted their first creature well it should have come in ready so if i'm their opponent and i notice that and i don't say "Ah, your creature should come into play ready i'm cheating so because i don't want to do that um probably three to five times throughout the day i ended up saying to people oh that creature comes in ready um so, there's a, a little bit of my theory on this was mitigated by the fact that, you know, first of all, I wanted to be the good guy, but second, like, that is, those are the rules. So, um, I, I also wanted to not cheat, but I, I also wanted to, you know, to play fair in addition to wanting to not cheat. So, um Now, people don't always make the wisest decisions, that's what I was kind of going for, but ultimately that didn't work out to be as much of an advantage as I had hoped. Um, Overall, the deck has very low power, uh, very low board control, and my hope was that uh, I could just play it better under those circumstances, which I think I generally did, Um, but... um, and, and it has a lot of ways to turn an opponent's successes against them. It has too much to protect. Uh, it has bait and switch. effervescent Principle can pull somebody down. So it has really cool features, um, but ultimately it, it just wasn't enough. Um, and I think, so I had, a, I had a pretty bad game three where I really, I think, lost due to um, uh, some bad bidding choices at the beginning. Um but uh there's some other stuff that went down that was just not uh not nice and that kind of threw me off for the rest of the day so um so yeah i ended up going two, five. Uh, oh, the other part of my theory here was that because it has three lab works i thought hey this will be interesting because i can kind of hold some things back and um in in adaptive one of the one of my theories was like the more you can uh, have your opponent not be able to understand all your choices that you made during game one, the the more likely it is that you have a chance to win game two. Um, and I did have two games that I, or two matches that I won 2-0, um, but I also lost two matches 2-0. So, um, it was kind of a, a two-edged sword in that way. Um, and uh, and the, the last one definitely against uh, Exoded was um, <clears throat> a case where i i would say i think he would he would agree i really misplayed his deck and he has a, a really good uh, adaptive deck but anyway uh oh the other thing that i was thinking here is virellion is not very high variance and so i thought well it's really it means that the games are going to tend to go to skill um and that's a that's a nice theory of course um i went two five so what does that say about me but uh but on top of that um other people are playing high variance decks and in their in those cases they could high roll and if they high rolled and then I low rolled with their deck then you know my theory of why I don't want high variance um that that doesn't mean somebody else won't introduce a lot of variance so I feel like that didn't uh didn't quite pan out the way I wanted so okay so that was my one that I went two five with so not not so great um Let's look at, uh, my brother-in-law's deck that he took to one, uh, last Saturday a week ago, uh, for me. And, um, and he made it to top, uh, to top eight with this deck and did a really good job. So this one's interesting because this deck is just so bad. And, um, just going through the stats on sass right 13 expected amber is pretty low especially for a coda deck um pretty low amber control a little bit of artifact control actually which is interesting but low creature control very low effective power so it just doesn't have a lot going for it. it has some speed and that i think is where it's possible if you get the right combos to like make some progress with it. But his theory going in was this deck is like bad. I will lose a hundred percent of game ones. I'll win a hundred percent of game twos and we'll go to bid. And, um, and I think that my opponents will bid wrong and I'll, I'll win that way. And he, um, he went three, two in Swiss that way. One of his losses was against me. Um, but we had tested a little bit. So I, I think I was a little more, immune to making those mistakes. Um, and then, uh, and then off of the three, two, he made it into the, he, he was, he had good strength of schedule. So he made it into the top cut, um, very easily and, um, ended up, uh, ended up losing there though, because, uh, he, he, he went to game three, um, he bid a little too much for the other person's deck and ended up losing. Um, but it was an interesting theory, and you can see like there are some nice things in here, right? like library access phase shift is super cool, um, but then you look at, okay, but what are you actually getting out with it, right? There's not a lot of things that are really high impact on the game. If you can get like Remiel and Megamouth out, you can have some cool combo turns, but it doesn't tend to happen a lot. So... Uh, so yeah, that theory uh, of bringing a bad deck got him into the top cut, but it did not take him through to the end. Uh, so that brings me to my last one. And I was trying to look through and see if I had done a review of this deck before, and apparently I didn't. I opened this deck uh, right when Worlds Collide first released. I think this was the first sealed event that I went to, maybe the second. Um, but it was very early on, and it was a it was a sealed event that I went to. And I went... Um, 3-1 with it in this sealed event, and the loss at the end was, uh, it was very close, I almost won, but uh, my friend got a, he had a deck with Ragnarok in it, and he got Ragnarok played early, and he flipped his deck and uh, on his last turn got to play it again, and that was ultimately what uh, what got him the win, was getting to play the Ragnarok that second time, so even he admitted that was kind of like a, a little bit of a fluke, um, but this one's interesting. It has, um, so it's actually my highest SAS rated deck at 81. Um, I have decks that are definitely better SAS isn't everything, but it is, um, it is a good deck, but if you look at it, um, nine expected Amber, that's even lower than the one we were just looking at. It does have 7.3 Amber control. It has, it has a few ways to control Amber, but that's not very high. Um, if you look at decks that you would think are going to be like, uh, you know, winning Archon Solo Vault tours, like probably not. Uh, pro- they're probably going to have much higher numbers in both these categories. Um, they're probably going to have, yeah, good, num- better numbers there. So, but I know this deck can do super well, um, and uh, and and ultimately. It plays certainly much better than those would say. Now, of course, the the 81 SAS says it should be good. So, um, so this is a case where I think SAS is directionally accurate. Um, but you can't just play all the cards in this deck and have it go your way. And um, one of the things I I don't want to spill all the secrets, but um, I played this deck a, a few times online testing it. I played it. I've played it a lot in person. And looking at it, um, I I was able to see some patterns in the games that went really well versus games that went poorly. And, um, and this is a deck that almost every turn presents the pilot with multiple options. Um, in, in some cases, multiple good options, in some cases, multiple bad options, but, uh, it it's very rarely the case with this deck that there's an obvious correct house to call. And um, and so because of that, it means that while while it is a good deck, um, there's a big difference between, you know, it playing as a good deck and playing as a very good deck. There's maybe, I think, probably like a, about 100% efficiency gain or, you know, performance improvement that it can have by making the truly optimal calls versus just good calls all the time. And so, um, so I said, look, if I play this, the, the likelihood is that I'm going to go, um, is that I'm going to win game one. Most of the time I will probably lose game two a good portion of the time. And then, and then we'll be bidding chains, but I think I can, I can win on that. Um, and in practice, uh, most of my games went 2-0. Um, out of all the games I played, yeah, the majority of them went 2-0, and there there was a couple weird things that happened. Um, there was a round where, uh, my opponent, who I, who I defeated 2-0 in Swiss, uh, ended up winning game one, and I think he, we were partway through game two, he had a train, he was trying to decide whether to catch it or wait for a later one, and, um, and he ended up deciding that he thought game two was going to go my way and he didn't have high enough confidence for game three to stick with it. So he, he just conceded and left. Um, so I, and I also don't know how that one would have turned out. Um, I was, uh, I was pretty stressed out that, that round, but then, uh, the top four and, um, the semifinal and final round, both, uh, both went two zero uh, with, for, with me winning. So, Um, so in both those cases, I was able to, uh, oh, that's the other thing is, again, without going, uh, without spilling all the beans, um, I will just say that I know what this deck's weaknesses are from having played it a bunch. I know when I'm sad, uh, and in both those cases, I was able to play my opponent's deck in a way that maybe wasn't playing it the most efficiently, efficiently, but was shutting down Crawley. Uh, so Crawley couldn't do the things it wanted and uh and it paid off. So um yeah, so I think that is that's a, a the three sort of theories I guess we've covered with these three decks are bring a um bring like a good but not the greatest deck and uh and try to win on skill. Um bring a terrible deck, lose game one, win game two and try to win on the bid, and uh bring a a great deck um and try to win game one, maybe, if you're lucky, get game two, and then, and then, uh, try to win the bid. Um, and ultimately, uh, ultimately, you know, that, in my, in, in my little microcosm, that was the strategy that won. Uh, and I will just say, as a kind of a weird thing, um, when I did face off with my brother-in-law, uh, who was playing the, the last deck I showed, the 56 sass one and I was playing this one uh, of course I won game one he won game two we went to the bid and uh, partially because I I was 4-0 at that point I didn't need the win um, and I didn't mind if he got the win I bid way higher than I probably should have um, and I I gave uh, an obscenely high bid I, I took my deck for 19 chains and I ended up winning, so, uh, so weird, crazy things can happen in this format, um, it was a lot of fun, um, thanks to everybody who, who came and played, um, uh, you know, even though I, I 2 owed a bunch of matchups, like, I really think, uh, everybody played fantastically, everybody played great, and, um, and it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun, so, um, thanks, and, and you know, thanks again to, Brad and Richard Garfield and, and, uh, Alex Watkins, all the, all the folks at FFG that have made and supported a a great game. Uh, it's been, been really nice. Thanks to you for watching and, uh, hope you're, you know, hope you're doing well during everybody's downtime. And I hope I'll get to see you at some future event where we can forge some keys.